This time on episode 429 of Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. We talk Miss Marvel Disney Plus premiere episode, Generation Y. Weekly Marvel news, including Marvel's I Am Groot release date. Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness costing $900 million, And Marvel's Thunderbolts movie as a director. And of course, your feedback, which is your one world spoiler free description of the episode. I'm Chris from Play Comics, a show where we look at video games based on comic properties and how well they stick to that source material, a part of the Gunna Geek Network, just like the show you're checking out now. Shows on the network are individually owned, and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other astonishingly geeky shows at GunnaGeekNetwork.com. You have been granted clearance by director Alfonso Mac McKenzie. Stand by for a shield debriefing. All information to be discussed here is classified and may only be discussed among agents granted clearance by the shield director. Now it's time for your scheduled debriefing. I'm Agent Michelle. I'm Agent Chris. And I'm producer of the show, Director SP. Welcome to Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D., a Marvel Comic Universe fan show discussing the Marvel Cinematic and Marvel Comic Book Universes as told on screen by Kevin Feige's Marvel Studios. The show is recorded on Thursday, June 9th, 2022, live from the Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. studios and broadcast Adventure Con Wide. Come and join our live chat as we record. And if you didn't already catch it, we love talking about Marvel. Because of course he has a podcast. If you'd like to talk to us about your podcast or Scott Lang's podcast or our podcast, you can visit our website, legendsofshield.com. If you want to leave us your impression of Luis's recap for the episode, why don't you give us a call at 844-THE-BUS-1. That's 844-843-2871. You can tweet your thoughts about what Scott Lang talks on his podcast at Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. If you have some of that sweet behind-the-scenes footage of Scott Lang's podcast, you should definitely let us know about it on YouTube, where you can find us at youtube.com slash gunnageek. You can also speculate about the podcast on our Discord server at gunnageek.com slash discord. And don't forget that Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. is a proud member of the gunnageek.com network, where Scott Lang's podcast would be accepted. In about two seconds. Now we have to talk about this. Scott Lang, it was not his podcast. It was a podcast he was being interviewed on. Well, it's still Scott Lang. It's a podcast. All right. Do you know anybody who has been interviewed on a podcast that doesn't have their own podcast? Yeah, plenty of stars that don't normally podcast. They do it as part of their media tour. They all secretly have podcasts. Everybody has a podcast. Maybe, maybe. So this podcast, by the way, was titled Big Me, Little Me, and it was a Scott Lang interview, and that was the title of the episode name, Big Me, Little Me, and the podcast name was This Powered Life. Ah, okay, This Powered Life. Yeah, great things come to those that take screenshots. But what we are talking about is the premiere episode of Ms. Marvel, Season 1, Episode 1. This was on Disney+. Plus. This is our 
path back into the MCU once again. We had fun watching it, and we are ready to talk about it, right? Yeah, sure. Why not? So excited. All right. Let's do this. Let's do it. Ms. Marvel, episode one, premiered on Disney Plus Wednesday, June 8th, 2022. It was titled Generation Y. The IMDb description reads, Kamala Khan attends AvengerCon only to discover that she herself might have superpowers. Shell, who directed the episode? This episode is directed by a team named Adil LRB and Bilal Foa. They have 14 directing credits starting in 2011, including TV episodes of Snowfall, Soil, and Two Miss Marvel. They are a film and television directing duo, collectively billed as Adil and Bilal. They're also known for writing and directing the feature films Image, Black, and Gangsta, as well as directing Bad Boys for Life, the third installment of the Bad Boys franchise. So these are two guys from Belgium. They are a package deal. Michelle, I'm going to need you to say gangsta again. Gangsta. Wow, that's just, Chris, that's amazing, isn't it? That's the best thing I've heard all day. I know. Chris, who was the writer of the episode? The writer on this one was Bisha K. Ali. She has five writing credits starting in 2019, Four Weddings and a Funeral, an episode of Loki, and Miss Marvel, among those things that there are credits for. And Bisha K. Ali is the Ms. Marvel showrunner. We have a list of the cast. Michelle, I'm going to ask you, is there anyone in particular you want to call out that is in the show? Well, let's just talk a little bit about Aman Volani. I mean, she's Kamala Khan. She's the new Miss Marvel. It's This probably was an interesting casting procedure. I mean, you're trying to find a person who can embody this energy that Kamala Khan has. Even when you're reading the comic, their energy just comes through the pages. It's Big shoes to fill, and I think she is on the way of doing a great job. And I'm definitely going to call out Matt Lintz, who played Bruno, who is Kamala's best friend, and the ability to create things. He's a maker, right? He's doing great jobs being a maker, and he's her close friend. He saw everything happen. I guess not from the beginning with when she actually put on the clothing item that made her assume the powers. But he was there the entire time and got her back to safety and everything like that. So he's going to be a big part of this show. And I just wanted to call out. I think he did a great job. Chris, is there anyone that you want to call out or did we hit the two that you would have? I think in addition to those, Mohan Kapoor did a wonderful job as Kamala's dad. You can just tell how much of a giant goofball he's going to be. And we'll hit more about this later. But in short, I love it. <laughs> yeah, he was digging the Hulk thing. So that was cool. We'll talk about other actors along the way. But those are the three that we wanted to hit off the cuff. But before we get into our talk of the episode or discussion of the episode, 
we're going to do a little rundown of what happened in the episode, so we're not talking about that along the way as well. And this time, Michelle, end the synopsis that we are about to read. So all hail, Michelle. This is going to be awesome. Michelle, why don't you start us off? Meet Kamala Khan, a 16-year-old girl who gives a recap on R with Luis. She's into fan art, cosplay, and Captain Marvel, and drops new episodes on her sloth baby production channel every Wednesday. After getting advice about looking in some mirrors, our ultra-cool hero pulls the super move of forgetting to put the car in drive before hitting the gas. Meet Kamala's parents. Her mother, Muniba, and her father, Yusuf, both defend Kamala as the instructor's car is towed away. Muniba blames herself because she comes from a long line of daydreamers, including her mother. In the meantime, it's time for school. During a meeting with guidance counselor Wilson, we learn Kamala is a dodgeball magnet, doodles during class, and is tasked with figuring out what she wants to do with her life by looking into the mirror and quoting lyrics from Mulan another Disney property. Meet Bruno, Kamala's friend and personal Tony Stark, because all superheroes need gadgets and someone to make their cosplay. He's built the Zuzu system, a device that lets you control all your devices by verbal commands, including ones given in Urdu. Of course, he doesn't need dinner, but Muniba's superpower provides him with a lot of food. After all, he lives by himself above a convenience store. Encouraged by Bruno, Kamala asks her parents if she can go to AvengerCon. Her plan kind of fails, though, because she forgot the most vital part, a PowerPoint presentation. In a compromise, Muniba will allow Kamala to go to AvengerCon with conditions. A. Yusuf will drive her and accompany her for B. Two hours. Also, they will go as Big Hulk and Little Hulk in outfits her mother made. After a teenage tantrum, her parents understandably do not give her permission to go. Not because they're angry, because they are disappointed, which is worse. Yusuf's issues with Zuzu inspire Kamala to create an elaborate plan to get her and Bruno to AvengerCon. Bruno reminds Kamala to finish her Captain Marvel outfit. Kamala goes into the attic and finds the box of junk her grandmother sent. In the box, she finds an interesting bangle. Are we surprised that Kamala's plan failed? No, not at all. But Bruno and Kamala make it to AvengerCon at the price of Kamala's bike. The con has a lot of references, a booth about new Asgard, and a memorial wall for Natasha and Iron Man. Needing to get to the stage, Kamala forgets Bruno's photon gloves on the bathroom floor. Before hitting the stage, Kamala finally figures out how to put the bangle on. Energy hits Kamala. And then on stage, Kamala's power manifests as fractured energy reminiscent of a broken mirror. Kamala's glory is short-lived because, well, Ant-Man's head is destroyed and destroys a big part of the con. Zoe ends up swinging on Meow Meow, a very large plastic Meow Meow, not the real Meow Meow. And Kamala's new power is able to cushion Zoe's fall. Bruno and Kamala make a break for it. Waiting in her room is Mom feels betrayed and worries Kamala will end up like Nani. Mom asks her a vital question. Who do you want to be, Kamala? And Kamala's answer is cosmic. 
The credits feature Jersey City covered with Miss Marvel comic-style art. In true Marvel fashion, we get a post-credit scene in a nondescript office. Two agents see footage of Kamala and want to bring her in. As I said before, this was an epic synopsis. Michelle, you done good. Well, I am glad I did not disappoint you. You didn't disappoint me. You didn't disappoint anybody who's listening to this or watching this either. That was awesome. And uh, you can do it again if you want. Yay. Yeah. In the meantime, let's talk about our first impressions after we watch the episode. Michelle, you can go first. It's young, vibrant, and fresh. And I kind of want to smack Kamala upside the head for making her dad cry. So you guys all wanted a fun show, right? Because, yeah, this is going to be it. The show was entertaining. It was fun to watch. But I don't think we have the true grasp of the entire plot yet. I think we've just been introduced to some characters and we have no idea what struggles she's really going to be in, what bad guys she's going to be going against or anything like that yet. And that's going to be coming soon. Still, I actually had an Iron Man vibe from this as it's just the start of something really cool. You know, we go back to the 2008 Iron Man and with the post credit scene of Fury saying that there's going to be a venture initiative. You just watch this great movie. Then all of a sudden, Ooh, there's going to be more. And little did we know at the time what there was going to be. So I don't know if this is going to be the start of something that epic, but it was the start of something fun. And this is me saying all this. I am not the demographic for the show whatsoever. I just have fun watching it. I didn't allow my brain to go into deep thoughts about the whole thing or anything. I just literally had fun watching it, which is difficult with me and, tween shows like this because i'm over 50 guys i'm aarp age it's difficult for me to relate but they made it marvel studios made this fun and it was fun for me as an adult to watch so with our first impressions done we're going to start our deep dive into the episode here and we're going to start as was alluded before in the relationship between kamala and her parents. I think we have two different opinions of this here. So, Michelle, why don't you start? This hit me a certain way. There is a lot of love in Kamala's family. I am an only child, so I do not know what it is like to have a sibling. I have cousins who are siblings, but that's still being the outsider looking in. And In surprising fashion, this is a hero with two parents who are alive and who love each other. And they obviously love Kamala. So when her mom goes in with the compromise of, yes, you can go to AvengerCon. But she's being a mom because I remember being 16 and, you know, yes, Michelle, you can do this. But here are your restrictions. And I understand, you know, pushing that boundary. I did that when I was 16 and and with my friends. What hit me was the dad, because my dad, not the greatest person. So when he was in there being and willing to go with her and trying to share this important thing with her, this Avenger Con. It really hit me in a way I did not expect. And when the first time I watched it, I actually was angry at Kamala for not 
being more accepting of it because that was my own personal feelings of I wish my dad was like that in some sort of way. Well, his parents are trying. Trying, I think, is the perfect word to use for it because they're trying to keep her safe in a world that they don't quite understand. They're trying to keep her grounded into their set of customs and beliefs and morals. And they're trying to let her exist in this world that they know is different and they're not going to be able to have full control, but they're trying to make sure that they keep it as long as possible so that they can make her be safe. I have two younger siblings, so I've been the older brother who seemingly got away with a lot of things because I just didn't really cause problems that my parents knew about or were big enough for them to really worry about. My brother and sister were always the ones causing problems, at least relative to me. So I can't really follow her exactly on that part of things, but I do sit here seeing her parents trying to make sure that she is taken care of and she is going to grow up to be the good person that they want her to be, whether that's who she ultimately wants to be herself or not. I feel what you guys are saying. I really do. I had a viewpoint that they were very caring parents. Don't get me wrong. I completely agree that they were very caring parents. They were bordering, although not there, they were bordering on helicopter parents. And the two things that I could point to in the episode just off the top of my head that made me think that Kamala actually had rounds a little bit to push back. One, the dad said, you're not normal. And then he backtracked and said, but you're special, right? But she had already heard you're not normal and no teenage girl is going to want to hear you're not normal, right? And then the other thing, I love the gesture with the Hulk costumes. I really do. Because that showed that they were trying to be involved. Like the mom was involved. Hey, I want to be a part of this. The dad's like, I'm going to go as the same Hulk as you. But the thing was, they didn't discuss it with her. They just mandated it. And maybe it's cultural where their culture is like, okay, well, you just do whatever your parents say. But if you're... Taking your driver's test in New York or Jersey, I think you have to be 17. So I think she's 16 or 17, right? And when your kids get to that point, they're going to be adult. They're going to go off to college, some of them, in like in a year. So you have to start working with them on trying to make smart decisions and not making the decisions for them. So you have to work with them. Being there myself recently with three kids... It was a difficult thing to come to because you're moving from the you do as I say parent to, well, we have to take the kids opinions in to consideration. And she wanted to go as Captain America or Captain Marvel. Mom didn't want that because she thought clothing too tight and maybe that wasn't a good role model for a kid. Maybe she had some issues with her mom that had, I think we're going to get that whole story later. I guess I'm just coming at it from the point of they weren't perfect parents and Kamala wasn't completely in the wrong. I mean, she was in the wrong for ignoring her parents and doing it anyway, but 
they didn't work with her to begin with. And I guess that was my issue. Not that I'm excusing her behavior. I did hate the way that she left with the dad because the dad was like so excited and like, okay, we're going to do this. And then she just crushed him like, no, I don't want to do it. It's stupid. So in a way she retaliated back at him for the you're not normal comment. I don't know. There, there's levels here that you might not see in the first watch. I'm sure all over the place. Matter of fact, there's so many call outs throughout the entire thing that I've watched it three times and I'm sure I haven't caught everything yet. I think this is at levels that you don't expect from your normal tween show that you might watch with your 12 year old girl or something like that. So Michelle, I just want to be fair to you. Does that, did what I say at least make sense to you or was I completely wrong and you think I'm wrong? I think it is fascinating. We are three people who have these three different perspectives and hearing it from a parent. Yeah, it does help me see the incident in a new way with additional information. I still feel the way that I feel, but you are right. They did not even try to ask her why she liked Captain Marvel. That could have been a good point as to why. I actually have an idea. We have to remember this is post-Blip because her recap was this great animated fight and talking about how Captain Marvel just hit Thanos and all that amazing things. And Captain Marvel was not Blipped. So Captain Marvel was around during those five years. And also, this seems to be a part of Jersey City, this community. It seems like a lot of them were not blip. They were not snapped because they're very close and they keep talking about things that has happened. And I think this is interesting because some of the other shows, you've got a blend of people who were snapped and were. And so we got this, I was blipped, but I wasn't conflict going on we have a good tight community we have that shopping montage like in the store the auntie comes in and they start gossiping and they got that relationship with like the food vendor it does seem like a lot of them wasn't snapped and maybe the, the ones that were, because they were able to come back to such a close-knit community, they've been able to make the adjustment. But it does seem that Kamala and her immediate family and her immediate friends were not snapped. I think that could go into a lot of the relationships that we're about to see for the next few episodes. So astute observation there. I want to take a slight backtrack. The Sloth Baby Productions, by the way. During the episode, the first episode, I actually paused it, which I didn't want to do. I paused it and I searched. Yes, there is a YouTube channel right now with Sloth Baby Productions, and it's got the same videos on it that she was showing. So if you go to YouTube, you search for Sloth Baby Productions, you will see that amazing work that she did or somebody did. And I just want to say, you know, for a teenage person, that's a lot of work. That's a lot of work for me. Chris. I know you have created video content before, Michelle. I know you've been in the creative STEM as well. Those videos, 
they seem like they're just going to be wham bam we're going to get this out and it's going to be great but that short animation probably in reality took i don't know a dozen people a few weeks to put together that little one minute snippet so i just want to call that out if you want to go see it it's on youtube slop baby productions have either you two had a chance to go see that youtube channel not yet okay haven't yet, but I'm probably going to right after we finish this. Yeah, I posted it in our Discord server and was like, "Well, look what I found." It, given the spoiler tag, because I didn't want to ruin it for anybody, but it's out there for you, anybody that you want to see it from now on. Before you watch the show, that that'd be fine too. I do want to talk about the powers because I think that's a big thing. It's a big shift that's happened in the show and in. The Miss Marvel comics, she's inhuman. We have not broached that inhuman here, as far as I know, unless the bangle was some sort of Terrigen mist, which I don't think it was. But Chris, you pointed it out in the show notes, and you have the floor here to describe the differences in the power. This is going to be such a hard conversation for me to have because we're totally, at least largely basing this off the G. Willow Wilson run. And so I know things that are going to happen. I think, or could happen. But with the power set here, you are switching away from an inhuman-based body manipulation type thing, where she is, for lack of a better way of explaining it, Reed Richards, and the ability to stretch and grow and do a bunch of stuff like that. And that's mostly what her powers are in the comics, is various forms of stretching and being strong and making herself big and giving herself a giant hand so she can reach across and catch people who are falling. Here, though, it's more like this bangle lets out some kind of power, which at this point we don't know where it's from. And she has what I've seen online described as hard lights. You saw when she could jump back up into the window, she stepped on it there. You saw when she stretched it out over the crowd at the cosplay competition. But you also saw where Big Hand Kamala came out and reached out to catch Zoe, her mortal schoolyard enemy, from as she was falling off Meow Meow. And I think this is a good change. Number one, it keeps her away from being Reed Richards, who we are going to be seeing in the MCU eventually anyway. So having a different set of powers just gets you more diversity there. You get to have some more surprises for people like me who have read the comics and think they know what's happening. But also, I think this is just going to be more visually entertaining. I have also read the Miss Marvel comic, at least the when it debuted and a big chunk of that. I also like to change the Inhuman TV show. While yes, it's on Disney Plus, it seems that it might not be canon. There is whispers of bringing in the Inhumans in a different way. The bangle reminded me of Shang-Chi's Ten Rings or possibly eternals equipment the fracturing you know kind of looks like mirrors like you said light 
We got the mirror dimension from Doctor Strange. Again, we're not sure how all of these little stories are being connected right now in this new book of Marvel. It's going to be interesting to see how her powers have developed. If it's one of those, the bangle is part of the family and perhaps certain family members respond to the bangle while others do not. Who knows? I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to get to know it a little bit more, too, since we don't have a great idea of everything going on. It was just fun to watch. And I love that moment where Zoe gets hammered by Milner and is swinging back and forth across the entire convention hall. Right. And how she survived that, I don't know, because any normal human being would be crushed by the amount of forces that it took to do all that. Right. But she did. She survived. And Kamala reaches out her hand and stops the fall, and then the hand instantly dissolves. So there's no evidence of it except for those people that are, of course, recording because people do that at cons. And it was just fun to watch. It was fun to watch her experience her powers. Terrifying, right? But she gets back home and she gets into bed, and her mom's like, Well, you have to figure out what you want to be. And she's like, looking at her glowing hand, she's like, I just think it's going to be fun as we go forward here. I haven't seen Doctor Strange, so I don't know what kind of power manifestation they showed with America. And I'm now very interested because this seems almost like light. I mean, you said it was like broken mirrors. Okay, I can go with that. To me, as I'm looking at it, it it's looking at like some light. And I don't know what the differentiation of powers would be. So when Doctor Strange comes out in Disney Plus on the 22nd, I'll be very interested to see that comparison between the two also i want to give a lot of kudos to the show here for throwing in a lot of homages to the initial creators and the artists of the comics and i don't know if they got anything out of it but at least they got acknowledgement that they were part there and i've got a screenshot in the show notes of the plaque that's outside the high school and all of those names are the names of people that were involved in the comics, either as artists, writers, pens. G. Willow Wilson is there as well. So I think that was great. And then also the counselor was Gabe, I believe, Gabe Wilson. So G. Willow Wilson, Gabe Wilson there. I think that was a great spot there. I have read the comics, but it's been a while. I think. Since you both read it, are you comfortable with what they did here? A lot of it was actually taken from like issue one and issue two. They have her drinking Slurpees and going to the convenience store. That made me happy. That's straight out of the comics. Yeah. There's also dialogue that was taken straight out of the comics too. So I'm glad they did all this. Like I said, I don't know about the compensation, but at least they're running true to some fashion of the issues. One of the things that I liked were the text messages. Now, different shows have done it different ways because this was in Jersey City and they wanted to pan it off as a night neon society. I think the way they did the text messages was just in line with the rest of the motif of the show. Right, Chris? The way they did this was brilliant. I think that one of the hardest things we have about our society right now is... We have a lot of text-based conversations like this with people. So when you're watching a show, 
everybody knows in real life, you're not going to be reading your texts out loud to absolutely nobody. But we have to have a way of seeing what's going on in that conversation. Having the f- camera film the phone is just really boring. Having the messages pop up on the street and in the neon lights and in the stars keeps you in the setting, lets you see what's going on in that conversation. But it all just fits so well in that atmosphere. And I love it. Yeah, this has its own visual look. And I'm here for it. Yeah, another thing that we noticed during the episode was the rooftop scene, which I, I like these rooftop scenes because it gives people privacy, you know, in a big city. And Daredevil gives people privacy to beat up other people. But in most of the other shows, it's conversation privacy. So I like that. It was even in Iron Man 2. We saw a rooftop scene there. So it's it's been in the MCU for quite some time. I enjoyed it. I'm glad it was just, let's go to the rooftop and talk. And that was it. I mean, Michelle, I think you're in the same mind there. Dear writers, please let Kamala and Bruno be friends. No, will they or won't they? People who identify as female, people who identify as male or non-binary, people can just be friends. Boys and girls can be just friends. Please keep them as friends, please do not pull a Mulder and Scully on us. Just keep them as friends. I'm going to take a slightly different opinion from Michelle, but one that I think she will be able to get behind. The story was written well the first time. Keep it the way it was written and don't throw in a new romance just because you think there needs to be a new romance. You're going to ruin the story. They're just friends in the story. Leave it that way. Also, I forgot about the rooftop scene in Thor. I can't believe on top of the car, old car dealership, there's a rooftop scene there. So there, yeah, there's been rooftop scenes in the MCU for quite some time. One thing, I have a small beef with this episode, and it was about AvengerCon. One day only, and that place was made up, like, it had to take a week to make that place look like it did, right? So... I had a little beef there, and I also had a little beef with, there was a lot of young people there, and I didn't see too many adults. I would think that this far in to the MCU, of people knowing that there's super-powered beings out there, that there would be some more adult participation. The same. Indeed. I mean, Chris, you'd go. Calling me an adult? I'm shocked at you, that you think I'm an adult. By physical age only. Okay, I can work with that. See, that's my point. Adults can have fun and go to these adventure cons too. And it was just a bunch of kids. And I don't know if they wanted to do to COVID. They had filming restrictions. They couldn't have as many people in there as they wanted to. But I mean, that soundstage was only so big. I think they did a decent job bringing everybody in. And that many Captain Marvels on stage. That was kind of fun to see. And all kinds of different era Captain Marvels too. Right. What was your favorite thing that you saw at AvengerCon, Chris? Outside of Kamala's awesomeness, because obviously that is the best thing. I think it was stuff that Hulk has smashed. All right. Michelle, did you have a favorite memorabilia thing that happened during the AvengerCon? We got information on like new Asgard 
And I just like how there were hats and t-shirts. There was even the Iron Man dancers. You know, people doing doing the Iron Man dancers. It was at Captain America's home. Theme. Yeah, the theme. Fascinating how this is real people. This is a con to real people. That is interesting. Yeah, it was fun. And I did like the memorial, which included Black Widow. It included Natasha and Tony Stark as Iron Man. So I was glad that called both of them out for that. I changed my mind. My favorite thing is the book about Captain America's ass. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of inside information that's out there now. And I can only think it was partly due to Scott Lang's podcasting. but. I had an interesting thought about the podcast. So let's take a step back. Let's say, okay, Scott Lang is being interviewed. Who is interviewing him? So whose podcast do you think it is? Do you guys have any idea? I mean, I have an idea. I have no idea if it's right or not, but I have a thought. You guys have a thought of who it could be. I mean, just think of people that could be colorful on the microphone, for instance, and then just think out of the box too. I hope it's Luis then. Yeah, that's what I was thinking too. That's not who I'm going to say, but that's who I was thinking. Luis would make a great podcaster. Chris, you got the entire field wide open. Who do you think? With it being this powered life, Ira Glass is an obvious choice. I think that the host of 99% Invisible is a good choice whose name is completely escaping me right now, and I feel horrible for that. So you're thinking actual podcast host. I want to redirect you a little bit. Let's go back to the MCU. People in the MCU. People in the MCU. So people in the MCU, I would say, who would have a podcast and do this and be able to pull off and have the connections to get him, I think would be Peter Parker. Ooh, especially given his new nobody knows who he is that's the weird part yeah so the connections fail there i mean i yeah. guess you could say spider-man could call up because they know spider-man right yeah could do that all right you can go again i'm gonna say who i think besides Luis, because i thought that was a great idea too i'm gonna go with harley keener and you're probably saying to yourself who is harley keener Harley Keener was the kid that was in Iron Man 3 that we saw at the funeral. So the kid would have the connections by knowing everybody, at least from the funeral, in order to get in for interviews and stuff like that. So I'm thinking Harley, just low-key, just normal person that's able to have a podcast, just like us, have a podcast, call up these guys and say, hey guys, can you uh, be a guest on my podcast? I mean, I, th I think that's a good connection there. As long as it's not Flash. Not Flash. Oh, yes. From oh, Spider-Man. Yeah. Yes. yes. No. As long as it's not him, I'll be happy. Obviously, Flash would want to do it, but I don't think he'd be able to pull it off. He might get a few people at the beginning, but then once episodes started releasing, it would suck. Betty, though, on the other hand, might be able to pull this off. I think she has the right demeanor to be able to keep everybody focused on the guests but also bring out the best in the guests. We see that she has microphone experience. We see that she is able to not get overwhelmed by Flash's craziness. 
And yeah, I think she can do it. I have another name for you guys too, by the way. Darcy. I think Darcy's too busy. True. Too busy, which is why I didn't go number one on her. But I think she'd be great behind the microphone and she'd be great interviewing people. I just, Kat Dennings is great. She would release seven episodes a year, though, and three of them would be in July. Agent Wu? Yeah, Agent Wu. And then I was thinking also along those lines of um, anybody from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., really. But I, I don't. I don't know if anybody from it. Oh, yes, of course. Lemon Man. Oh, my gosh. Deke. 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 There you go. I think he'd be great. I mean, it would be something that he would do. He's great talking. We don't know if he's great on the microphone. Well, actually, yeah, he sings, so he could do that. So, yeah, Deke could do that. But I don't, again, I don't know if Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and where they ended up, Deke would be available or, or not. No idea. Anyway. A listener, if you have an idea of who would host this podcast, this powered life, let us know. And we would love to hear your thoughts on that. Talking about agents and stuff like that, just want to call out the fact that the same agents that were in here were in Spider-Man and the, the damage control thing. It's the same agency, I think. Well, that's all I got. Chris, what do you got? Last thoughts. I don't have any more thoughts that I can say because it's about the future, but I'm really excited. Good thing we can time travel. Michelle? I'm just looking forward to more. And we will have more. We will have more next week as we podcast about Ms. Marvel Season 1, Episode 2, titled, We Don't Know Yet. So we will see everybody next week. If you have thoughts about this episode or our podcast or Season 1, Episode 2 of Miss Marvel, please let us know. In the meantime, we have some very interesting Marvel Studios stories to talk about. Marvel Studios has released the first poster for I Am Groot, the upcoming animated Disney Plus original series. And the poster confirms that I Am Groot will debut on the streaming service on August 10th. As the title suggests here, the cartoon spotlights Groot, the floral colossus of the Guardians of the Galaxy, in his cute little baby Groot form. The series is made up of shorts that see baby Groot getting into and out of trouble in a world of photorealistic animation. Vin Diesel returns to voice Groot, and Guardians of the Galaxy director James Gunn is one of the show's executive producers. I, though, am a little bit disappointed in this release date, because if they had just pushed it back five weeks, I could have gotten it for my birthday. I hope this is turn off your brain, have a good giggle type of show. I saw Miss Baby Groot. I remember the beginning of Guardians of the Galaxy 2, where you had Dancing Groot out there in the middle of the battle and stuff like that. Baby Groot is great. At the end of that movie, however, we got Teenage Groot. Teenage Groot is not as cute, so I'm glad we're back to Baby Groot. And I'm looking forward to this. I thought we were going to get it later. I thought it was going to be closer to the holiday season, but I'm glad that we're getting it sooner because that just means more content for us. Yay! Can't wait to see it. Michelle talking about stuff to see. We haven't seen it yet, but a lot of people have. Well, we have more information about Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness box office. The movie actually crossed the $900 million 
at the worldwide box office officially passed the Batman to become the highest grossing movie of 2022 so far. While the Marvel film has some new competition with Top Gun Maverick, it's still having success at the box office. Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness has earned an estimated $909.4 million. As of Sunday, $388.7 million of the total is from domestic box office, while $520.7 million comes from the international box office. And of course, this is over five weekends without ever being released in China or Russia. I would like to comment because, of course, this release is going to be compared to the upcoming Thor. And what I'm interested in seeing is the comparison with what's going to happen domestically. As of this recording, gas prices are $5 a gallon. My mom told me when she was coming home, it was currently $5.25. Why does this matter? The international box office, because there's no China or Russia, is the major European markets, Australia, Japan, South Korea, and some other places. The major countries that aren't the United States have great public transportation. Why this matters is you can get on the bus or the train or whatever and go to the movies. Very few American cities have such infrastructure. When you think of New York, Chicago, San Francisco, Seattle's isn't that bad, neither is Boston's and Philadelphia's. However, I lived in Los Angeles for 10 years. You need a car because the, here's this huge city with a basically non-existent public transportation system. And even in the area that I'm in, I live in a, the closest is like medium-sized city, has one movie theater. This place services all these other little towns, which means everyone's going to have to drive to go see a movie. With gas prices the way they are now, as opposed to Dr. Strange, they weren't as high as when Dr. Strange came out. Will it impact? Thor's domestic numbers because again internationally I've taught students who lived in South Korea and they would go on about these public transportation things and I'm just like jealous of it because I cannot hop on a bus and go to the movies I when I lived in Chicago I could hop on the L and go and and everything it's vastly different I'm just curious to see, will there be a breaking point where people are like, I want to go see this, but it's going to cost me X amount of money because right now it's costing my mom $50 a week just to go to work. When or if that will influence box office, I'm going to be interested in seeing what happens. Now that you mentioned public transportation, I actually don't know where I would even be able to get on a bus or anything where I live. Like I drive past a few bus stops on the way to work, but they are so far away from my house that I would have to drive to the bus. And if I'm driving to the bus, I'm just going to finish and drive all the way to where I'm going. 
see what happens. Maybe we get a faster Thor streaming release out of it. That's an interesting way to think about it. I wonder if gas prices are going to remain as high because I know that OPEC has agreed to increase production by 50%, but of course that takes time to ramp up. So I just don't know when gas prices are going to start to go down, if ever. And if they don't, that will definitely impact people's ability to do certain things. It could also enhance people getting together to go out to do things because they're carpooling. So that could be a thing too. I don't know. It'll be, now that you mention it, it's going to be very interesting to see what happens and if it's going to impact Thor as it comes out or any box office as it comes out. And that'll be shortly after the, in America at least, it's the 4th of July, midsummer holiday weekend. And a lot of people will have spent a lot of money that weekend doing whatever. I mean, the smart people, I think, will stay at home. But I mean, this is affecting even groceries because you think a higher gas and diesel prices affects farmers and affects your ability to grow food because food doesn't grow without diesel in this day and age in America. So you have to spend more on diesel, which is even more expensive than gas. And then you have to transport that probably multiple times before it gets to a grocery store and to processors or whatever. So the economy as a whole is going to get hit. I don't know how that's going to affect the entertainment industry. There's probably going to be a lot of lobbying behind the scenes of what actually the gas price should be or what are people doing. I don't know, but I don't want to get political here, but it's definitely going to affect a lot of things as we go forward. So yeah, interesting thoughts there. Michelle, you you always bring up the interesting thoughts. I try. All right, Michelle, let's also bring another interesting thought here to something that none of us actually knew was going to happen. Yeah, surprise, surprise, surprise. There's actually movement on the Thunderbolts project. The Marvel Cinematic Universe's long gestating Thunderbolts project is finally on its way to becoming a reality. On Thursday, reports indicated that Jack Schreier has been tapped to direct the upcoming Thunderbolts movie with Black Widow's Eric Pearson set to write the script and Marvel Studios president Kevin Feige set to produce. It is unclear at this point who could make up the cast of Thunderbolts, a team that traditionally consists of supervillains and anti-heroes going on missions, initially to convince the general public they are operating as heroes. The first comic incarnation of the team was led by Baron Zemo, with other members including Songbird, Moonstone, Taskmaster, U.S. Agent, Crossbones, Abomination, Ghost, and more. The team gets its namesake from General Thunderbolt Ross, who was played by William Hurt, but following Hurt's passing earlier this year, it's anyone's guess at how the storyline could be handled. So, Suicide Squad, except they're not cosplaying Battle Royale. There's also Squadron Supreme is another team that's kind of like that as well. Yeah, Thunderbolts is like a Suicide Squad over on DC side. Yeah. I can get behind this. I don't know nothing about it. I don't know why it hasn't been announced before or talk like it's not been in any of the this is our plan for this phase sort of thing. So that makes me pause a little bit. Like, is this going to be direct to Disney Plus? Is this did they have to wait for the blowback to Suicide Squad, which I realize that the newer Suicide Squad movie a lot of people enjoyed. But did they have to wait for that blowback to go 
by before they announced this? Was this something that they had in mind all along? Was this something that came out of their planning session that they had a couple months ago that Kevin Feige told investors or the cinema people a couple of months ago? Said, yeah, we've actually met. We have a plan now for phase four and beyond. Was Thunderbolts made possible because of that plan? I don't know. I, it's out of the blue for me, at least. I know that there's been rumblings and rumors of this movie happening before, but I was caught flat footed because I was not tracking it. In our show doc at the very bottom, so it doesn't bug anybody, I've kept a running total of the project, the upcoming projects and specific news items on each project. This is the first one that I've seen on Thunderbolts that I would put in there, and I've been keeping that list for almost two years now. I don't know where this came from, or maybe I just wasn't paying attention. I don't know. I think that if we get some of those characters, Baron Zemo, U.S. Agent, Abomination, Taskmaster, we have all those characters. We have Ghost. This would be fun. They could do it with Valentina, Julia Luis's Dreyfus's character. Yeah. Well, that's what I thought that they were going to have. And they must have known William Hurt was, his health was failing and they were bringing her in specifically for that. I could see that. Yeah. All right. Any more thoughts on the news this week? No. All right. We have something special this week that we haven't had in the previous few weeks. We have some feedback. This is you talking back to us. So today, somebody with access to our Twitter account might have been Lauren. I'm not saying it was Lauren, but it might have been Lauren said, what is your one word spoiler free review? Of the Ms. Marvel premiere. At Mr. Pericletes responded and he said, Scott Pilgrim versus the world. That's one word, right? Well, it is if you say it all together. Scott Pilgrim versus the world. And in that, we didn't talk about it, but this totally had a Scott Pilgrim versus the world vibe to it, didn't it? Visually. Fair. Visually, it definitely did. I'm bad and I haven't seen that. It's okay. I've seen parts of it because I I was sick when I saw it, so I was falling asleep during it, but I do catch the similarities between the two. And also, our very own Brie Larson, Captain Marvel, was also in there, as well as Chris Evans. I mean, there's a bunch of people that are Marvel that are in there now. Also, at LVNVNWA said, Emotions. I can get that. At Andy Migna. He was so into this. He got back to us. Not one answer, but two. Quirky? Colorful. We can go with either of those, right? So, listener, viewer, if you have a one-word, spoiler-free review of both this episode and the upcoming episode, go ahead, tweet it to us, and we'll talk about it on the show next week. All right, that's the end of our show notes. We got to figure out something to do right now. Michelle, you have an idea? Well, we're going to hop on our bikes and we're going to leap off bridge and land perfectly on a bus.
don't know who was doing the stunts in this episode or if it was all CGI or whatever, but you had Kamala jumping out of her window and then breaking the tree branch and falling down. You had the daydream of all of the great things that they were doing, her doing her gymnastics, getting out of her house, the whole jumping superhero thing onto the bus. I'll call that a matrix moment. You want to call that a matrix moment? I'll call it a matrix moment. So we had that matrix moment. And then of course the stunts at the Avenger con. So yeah, there was some good action that was just daydream action here. And I guess real with Avenger con. So listener, you can go ahead and talk to me about how I'm wrong about all of what I just said. Over on our Discord server at goodygeek.com slash Discord, there's actually two channels, three channels that are appropriate to this show on that Discord server. There is the hashtag Legends of Shield channel over there that's dedicated to this podcast. There's also a hashtag spoilers, which everybody's been good about keeping spoiler free, at least for a few days, probably a majority of the weekend. Some people can get caught up to stuff over there, but there's been a lot of great Star Trek card there was some halo talk over there when that was going on so a lot of great talk over there and then there's a general tv and film channel as well you can talk whatever you want over there so come join us on our discord server at gunnygeek.com slash discord yes thank you to everyone who listens who watches takes time out of their day to consume us that is amazing thank you very much and if you want to hear more from me you can find me on twitter at shell underscore game everybody who decides to take some of the free time that they have or not so free time depending on when you listen and let us get into your ear holes that is such a wonderful thing and i love all of you for it if you want to hear more from me you can head on over to play comics where on the next episode we're going to be crossing the streams just a bit as i take a look at batman vengeance Ooh, interesting. You had a nice episode last week, too, and I enjoyed it. Well, it's always nice when you get to talk Spider-Man. I know. You guys went on and on and on about it, too, which was great because I was walking Puppy Cooper and needed something to go on and on and on and on. Well, if you like hearing things go on and on and on, then the guest from last week's episode was the well-read mage who has a show called Magecast where it goes on and on and on a lot. And I mean that in the best way possible. Indeed. A lot of podcasters like to talk. And again, remember, if you have an idea of who did the podcast that Scott Lang was interviewed on, we would like to know your thoughts on who was running that. So in the meantime, until next time, I'm Director SP. I'm Agent Michelle. And I'm Agent Chris. See everybody next time. Bye. 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 Thank you for listening. If you want to leave us feedback, go to gunageek.com and you will find all our contact information and other shows. You can also visit legendsofshield.com where you'll find our complete archive of podcasts. The music heard on this podcast is by Kevin McLeod, found at incompetech.com and also artists on pond5.com and audiojungle.net. The opinions heard on this podcast are those of the individual hosts and do not represent Stargate Pioneer Productions, Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D., or Gunna Geek. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is the property of the Disney Corporation, Marvel Studios, and ABC. No infringement is intended.
don't know what a, I don't know what a episode of Legend of Shield this is. I don't know what an episode of Legend of Shield this is. I don't know what episode of Legend of Shield this is. So I have misplaced an entire run of comics. I have no idea where my 2019 run of Alpha Flight is. Oh, that is bad. I've looked in all the short boxes. I've looked in all the stacks that I have. I actually found some comics that weren't Alpha Flight that were underneath a box office supplies. So that was good. There was like a Wonder Woman that I was going to need soon. There was some. Iron Man stuff from 2020 when they were doing like iron works and stuff like that. So yeah, there was some good that came out of it, but I still don't have the alpha flight. So I don't know what's going on there. I keep forgetting to talk to my shop and see if they have a Momoko cover for ghost rider number two, because somehow we missed that one when that came out. And I think about it at times like now when they're closed. Yeah. You think they found the bike when they got back? Of course not. Oh, there's no way. That bus driver is so mean. Just open the door. Let her take her bike in. That's also true. The bus driver is a jerk. I bet his name is Scott. I want to see Lockjaw so bad. She said that. If there was, so I've read at least headlines in a couple of sentences and a lot of articles. So she says she knows some secrets. She said she was spoiled on Spider-Man by Tom Holland. Well, everybody was. And that she, about Tobey Maguire, she's like, oh man, I would have liked to have seen that on screen. But then she said she knows secrets about the MCU. And then she says, I want to see in humans. I want to see Lockjaw. I don't know if she's playing us or not there. Who knows? I mean, that's a total anti-Tom Holland. Mm-hmm. I think she knows some secrets because she had to because she's in the Marvels. Yep. I don't think they necessarily brought her in and said, okay, this is everything that's going on in the MCU. I just said, well, okay, so here's a script to the Marvels. In order to do that, she probably knows stuff about uh, Secret Invasion, a couple of things going on. I'm, I'm just thinking. But she just said out on the blue, let's do Lockjaw. So, like, I don't know. It'd be kind of fun. Yes, I want to see that so bad. Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. is copyright 2013 through 2022.